Hey guys, welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. Been a week or so since we did our, our last episode or our first episode. Not a hell of a lot's changed over here in Spain. We're still locked down, still got the same restrictions. Um, gaining a little bit more traction with my cooking shows, looking like a dickhead for a couple of minutes every night. Um, but other than that, not a lot's not a lot's changed. And same with you, GB, up there on the hill. Yeah, mate. More or less, more or less status quo. Um, a few more fights with Caitlin. Uh, home cooking's running thin. I'm basically running out of ideas, but I think I'm starting to break through. Um, I went through a real shit patch about four days ago where I was completely over it, and now it's kind of like jet lag. I've pushed through. And now I'm just getting dangerously happy. So, um, yeah, mate, living the lockdown dream. Can't that's wait. That, that small man syndrome coming out on you, eh? Yeah. Well, let's 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 catch up with today's guest then. Um, today we're going to be chatting with Simon Van Valdhoven or Rhino, longtime friend of mine, and he's got a great story of uh, winning an Olympic bronze medal and in, in cycling and the Karen, and then moving on to into sailing and and winning the America's Cup. He also hosted a party for the nation in there somewhere as well, um, and he's an absolute funny bastard. So here we go. Welcome to the Social Distant Podcast with Simon Van Valdhoven. Yep, we are. Recording started. All right, mate. Here we are. This is our podcast. <laughs> they don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment or some space. Got to follow the social distancing rule. More social distancing keeps more people healthy. It's like, oh, you guys could have talking shit. Why don't you just do a podcast? As soon as you try to do a podcast, we sound like a bunch of muppets. Rhino, welcome, mate. Move your camera over there. He is. Hey, mate. <laughs> How you doing? Look, finally got a hold of you after a few uh, scheduling misunderstandings. Not easy trying to get three people together when we're all in different yeah. time zones. But but you're here finally. How you doing? How's the how's the bubble back there in New Zealand? Got all the time in the world to organise a podcast, and uh, we all get it wrong on different days. So, well, I'll just stop you there, mate. It was you that got it wrong. Don't don't bring me into it. <laughs> Jonesy got it wrong, mate. Not me. No, <laughs> we were scheduled for Monday. You got a massive oh, yeah. of steam up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, COVID. Um, we're good. Good in the bubble here. Um, not much has changed really. Just training at home, to be honest, and uh. Not having to get on the tools every day, which is a, a nice bonus, but uh, yeah, pretty keen to get back to work now. Where Look is your bubble? Hands. Yeah, where, where's your bubble? You in, you in Auckland? Yeah, yeah. Full blown Jaffa now, so <laughs> wear white pants and no socks and big ass sunglasses. So Birkenstocks. <laughs> Birks are good, mate. I rate the Birks, but I can't believe you don't have AirPods in. I'm surprised to see cables on those AirPods. Yeah, well, that's, oh, this is almost old school now, eh? Oh, it's not very Auckland. Mm. All right, mate. Look, I want to I I ask you, first things first, how you got your nickname Rhino? I mean, I, I know how you got it, but I've heard you tell many different stories. Uh, I want to see how much of a well, bullshit I, you really are. Well, I didn't. I knew you were going to ask because obviously you just said that you were the one that um, reckon you gave it to me. But um, I don't know when it was, really. I mean, you could probably tell me when it was or what year, but I mean, I know we were in Invercargill. And uh, we'll give the provinces a shout out because a uh, great place it is. It's probably where we all started track cycling to the max. But hmm. I don't know. I just remember <laughs> living in the house with you, obviously. And uh, I must have been going to the toilet or going to cook something. And this this little pinheaded Mexican woman was just yelling at me from his <laughs> from her room. And I was like, "What the hell is this? Some sort of cleaner or something?" Just barking at me. He runs at the track training and. It was poking my head in and bloody Sam Bewley's in there with a Mr. Sniffles complaining about me walking around the house too loudly and just said, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, I thought he'd pulled one. I thought the Mexican was going to be a local he'd brought home from, from the lava bar. <laughs> you're, here, you're massive rhino. And I'm like, mate, just settle down. Actually, I, so when, I told, when I told my girlfriend, Caitlin, I said, oh, should I talk to her today on the potty? And I said, oh. Uh, a guy called Rhino, and she goes, "Oh, was he really that big?" And I was, like, what, what, "What do you mean?" He's a, I guess he's quite a big guy. And he's like, "No, no, is, is he? You know, is he is he a Rhino?" And I was like, oh, "I'm not getting that." So, uh, what is she? Where's she from? Is she Rotorua? Oh, she's not from some sort no. of African descent, then, or no? Rotorua. I'm sure she's seen a Rhino. Though. I'm sure she's <laughs> knows what a Rhino is. I think everyone knows what a Rhino is. Yeah. <laughs> 
So they're nearly extinct, but people still know what they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're just barking at me from your bedroom. I don't know. You, you must have uh, groveled home because you didn't finish your four by fours that day, and everyone was disappointed at you. And oh, you reckon you had a cold and a sniffle. I don't know how you do the G rope. All these grand tours, you can't even finish four K. I don't know how many TPs you've actually finished. Do you know how many TPs you've finished? I haven't finished many in training. That's for sure. Like, did you finish any in racing? That's the big question. Yeah. All of them, mate. You asked all me the other day on the team podcast. <laughs> all the all the races are none in training. <laughs> oh. counted. But yeah, Wagon was in a he was in a sad mood, uh, barking at me from his bedroom like a little Mexican woman. And yeah, shut the up, shut the hell up, you big rhino. And then it just seemed to stick forever. So yeah, thanks, Wagon. Did call you that on the boat? Uh, oh, people that don't know, he's, you know, um, we've already told him in the intro that what he currently do, what he what he's currently yeah. doing, right? Yeah, I wasn't listening. Um, on the boat, do the do the sailing boys call you Rhino, or is it just the um, cycling thing? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's first thought to them, but they like to mix it up. Bit of hippo, bit of pumba, bit of warthog. Oh, they they sort of oh, go um, around all the various sort yeah. of African, yeah. African water waterholes through the old safari <laughs> animals. Yeah, elephants got. But too many, few too many syllables, so it's hard to say when you're puffing. But yeah, hippos, hippos are go-to. Mm. I could see you make a noise running from one side of the boat when you're <laughs> doing the wrecking hippos. That'll be why it tipped over in Bermuda that year because you're running from one side to the other, <laughs> coming in hot to the <laughs> Too much ballast, do you reckon? <laughs> Look, mate, how are you coping? And with the lockdown, obviously, you're like you mentioned, you're training from home. Um, so what does that mean? You're just lifting weights and throwing things around your garage or what? Yeah, we've got the the home gym set up here. We're lucky enough to have uh, all have our own arm grinder in the garage. So we've all been tasked with some pretty pretty big hours. I think I did 22 hours on the uh, grinder last, well, not the grind, the arm grinder oh. last last week. So we just need to clarify that for people. Um, arm grinding, arm tuning, tuning handles off my arms. I'm so, not arm grinder. You weren't just trolling grinder for 22 hours. <laughs> that's not that bad, eh? Okay. All right. So that's not social distancing. I mean, I, I mean, each is their own, but if you're grinding for 20, if you're on grinder for 22 hours, I just feel like there's some social responsibility that needs to be looked at there. Um, all right. 22 hours. No, you guys are pro riders, yeah? You, you earn it for a living. How many hours do you guys spend on the turbo? Mate, don't don't ask that. You're going to make us look like absolute dickheads. <laughs> Where is Andorra for everyone out there? Like, is that some sort of mystical, mystical place? Or? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a small mountain village that's essentially... I must well, say, your place looks place. way nicer than wagons. <laughs> you know, like the Tui bird behind me. <laughs> You got a view and everything. What's your oh, view like, Wigan? Jumping view, up the cane way more. Oh, well, we, is anyone else rocking a tui bird? Oh, yeah, I got a tui. Oh. Oh, that's a bell bird, eh? Yeah, nice. oh, no, are you running a kiddo behind you or not? Me, I don't know. Or is that not Auckland? You don't run kiddos in Auckland. Uh, just white. Everything's white. Everything's white and, and modern. <laughs> Andorra's up in the Andorra's up in the mountains, mate. Um, oh, yeah. Between France and Spain, but it's. Uh, it's an interesting place. Like I love Andorra, but there's one. It's it's one of the coolest places in the world if you go just off the main road. But if you go to like a certain city, I'd say it's one of the unique things about Andorra is it possesses the worst city in Europe. Um, well, it's not a city, but Pasta La Casa, just full of. It's just an airport basically without an airport. It's just people come and buy ciggies. Is it a ski village or? Yeah, it's a ski village, but it's a tax. It's a tax-free shopping. So all the dairies oh. are like you can buy a pack of pack of camels for two euros. Nice. So you get the Frenchies, they line up, they come in, they buy like five bottles of piss. Well, you've got a black market while this is going on, don't you? Well, I'm not, I'm, I almost feel like I need to smoke just to make, make <laughs> the most of this. I feel like I'm ripped off because I don't smoke. <laughs> come here from off season. <laughs> <laughs> right, over. so you guys are full of shit. Let's talk about something serious for a second. Okay. I want to talk about this bronze medal you won. You actually won it. You shared that bronze medal with someone. Well, you both got one. You got one each. You didn't have to share it. But you were—you were actually. Yeah, so Rhino was third in the in the Karen in the Olympic Games in 2012 in London. Um, he was sort of one of the best in the world at it for a couple of years there. Won a couple of world world medals and uh, world cups, and and then he finished off his his sort of track cycling career with, with the bronze medal there in London. Which what do you mean pretty, finished? 
I wrote well, it for four years after then. Oh, <laughs> finish, you you finished the last time you were any good. Oh, is that? Yeah, the last time you were any good. Slowly down. You so 2012 was up here, but yeah, sorry. Carry on. Um, so, yeah, you were tied with Tim Milder from Holland there, and I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a good mate of yours, or he was back then. And um, how, how do you feel about actually sharing that medal? Obviously, it was probably a pretty nervous wait while, they, while the judges looked at the photo and try to come up with a decision and in the end they couldn't separate you guys. Yeah, well, Turn, I lived with Turn for a long time and, um, and yeah, Max Levy who got second and Chris Hoy who got first were all uh, quite tight from the World Cup scene and, and racing in Japan and the professional Karen circuit. So it was, uh, it was nice to share the podium with them, but yeah, it was, he was a bastard though, coming up the inside on the blue. Any other race he would have been disqualified, but, um, yeah, I mean, I knew right at the finish that I had got third because my um, my timer had come uh, third on the on the timing board on the big screen. So I knew I was in for a shot, and and turn was uh, photo finish fourth. So they had to refer to the photo finish because um, you have to dif- differentiate between the uh, close finishes, and they couldn't differentiate between the two of us because Max Levy's wheel was in the way. So, just so, um, people, for people that have got no idea, like me, actually, to be honest, what, <laughs> what, are, you, what are you talking about? What he 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 came, he, he came up on the blue. Yeah, well, he came like up on the inside. We had a, not not allowed to race in there, the non-racing area of the track. Oh, um, with it, okay. Where it's, but, but normally, if I've been, I mean, I've never, I've never been on a track bike in my life, or in never mm. never been raced on a track or anything. So, the the blue line being the one close to the inside where they normally have. Yeah, there there's is. a blue there's a blue line up high. That's the Dooney line, and then there's the blue ribbon on the inside. Yeah, you normally that, uh, try and, if you're doing the hour record, you'd run you ride on the blue, don't you? you yeah, but the it's, on it's, the dead, it's dead flat, so you can't really ride it as such because you'll you'll skid out. But yeah, on the straights you can ride the blue, and you're not meant to accelerate on the blue or pass on the blue. But yeah, I mean he uh, he why didn't he get the, DQ? I don't know. Oh, he, so he should he should have been. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's up to the commissaire on the day. I didn't. If he didn't, if he didn't, uh, I don't know. It's all up to the commissaire on the day. So, was it a duchy? Uh, potentially, I don't know. Mm. But uh, I mean, turn turn had been turn had done everything. He had won world titles in the Kieran, won world cups, won. He'd been in the Kieran final for ten years straight, I think. So, it was a um, it was nice for him to to get there. And uh, he was a very happy man, but I think I got the actual bronze medal, and he got the secondary one in case there was a uh, a dead heat so for any. They, they any have event. one ready. They have one yeah. ready. Got, yeah. And your one has the event and the yeah. You know, the, his the his one wasn't engraved, so I feel I had the real one from the day. So I don't know. And if the that timing chip is it? Is it? You've got it obviously just on your fork, like on a roadie. Yeah, same deal. But okay. they refer to the photo, and the photo was. Um, uh, disallowed because it couldn't differentiate between us, so we just both got them, which was have cool. You, have you still got that medal, Rhino? Because I remember the the preceding days after that, that I saw that medal getting passed around a lot of pubs in London. So did you actually manage to get it home? Oh, I, yeah, I assume it is. I mean, I've had it since then, but it was that's currency, isn't it? Yeah, you can do anything with it. It's amazing. I yeah. don't know if you you. I mean, you did the same in Beijing. I mean, you're a bit too cool in London with your G-Shop watches and large Oakleys, but <laughs> I don't know if uh, if you still abuse the the metal currency. But it was I didn't afford um, it like you did, mate. <laughs> Sam was yeah. running a real Girona 2012 vibe. I remember when I got there, there was a, um, <laughs> what the hell's the the clothing company that I vowed I'd never ever buy? And there's G Star. And I got there, and every all of the Kiwis just running G Star everything. And I got there as like a hobo, <laughs> like broke. G-Star jeans, Oakley yeah. t-shirt, large yeah. Oakley sunglasses, Casio yeah, they, no, they, had the, they had the Prada. They had the big, remember, the big, remember Rolly's big Pradas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that name keeps coming up in these podcasts, say. So. Yeah, I know. We need to get them on. We need to get them on. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we all looked up to you, though. I mean, you're, the, to, to judge how successful a track cyclist is is how many pairs of Oakleys you have, how many G-Shock watches you have. <laughs> And how tight your your nudie jeans are, so um, I think I think it all counts as something. And we all aspired to be there. I never fit them, but um, <laughs> I mean, I well, got there somewhat with the Oakleys. 
How did how did your vibe go down in in Japan when you went and when you were racing in the in the Kirins? Did they did they like the tight jeans and the the, <laughs> the, the Prada glasses or? I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we'll go tell the tell the jokers, Sam. We'll go back to the um to the core question. You you get invited to the Japanese Kirin. It's a massive betting um scene in in Japan. The only five things you can bet on. I think it's horse racing, boat racing. Long track motorbike speedway, pachinko, or slot machines, and um, Japanese Kirin, all the bike racing. So, yeah, we, um, I don't know, I was 20 years old and got uh, asked to apply for a for a, a contract. And um, yeah, I was one of five guys that year to, to be accepted. I had no prior results or anything, no World Cup wins, no World titles, no Olympic medals. and yeah, just uh, managed no G-Shocks. to <laughs> no G shocks, no large Oakleys, <laughs> no skinny jeans. But yeah, they I convinced them and they took me on and and um, yeah, raced over there for five years. So it was pretty cool. Tell I us a little bit about tell us a yeah. little bit about the Japanese Karens because uh, it's quite an interesting thing. Obviously, now that we're in lockdown all around the world, it's actually not new for you because, as I understand it, over there in Japan, you guys go into lockdown twenty four hours or forty eight hours before a race so that the the bookies can't get hold of you and, and things can't be set up or for, for the for the big bets or whatever. Yeah, or well the uh oh no, there's fifty odd tracks in Japan and, and every um town has one and the council runs it, uh, comparing it to New Zealand. And um yeah, you you arrive, there's a, a a day where they check your bike and your health and your blood pressure and check your check you well enough to race. And that, I mean, you hand your cell phones and your laptops, anything that can uh, uh, send information to, to the Yakuza or whoever else is running a black market betting scheme. And um, then you're locked away for four days. So there's no no chat to the outside world for four days. And you just do one race a day. And um, there's millions of yen bet on you and, and the race itself. And, and yeah, we, um, we do maybe 10 or 12 meets a year. and um, you get to know a lot of riders and uh, I mean my first year that I was there I was only 20 years old and I think I was I think Ross Edgar from the UK was younger than me when he uh, first went but um, I mean a lot of Japanese men I would assume are virgins when they're 20 and uh, they either pay for pay to lose their virginity or they or they convince some poor girl they go to oh they don't just wait for the Kieran lockdown and hope to lose it after three days of lockdown yeah, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not, we're, we're staying, we're extremely heterosexual here, but uh, the, the baths, every, the, every, every dude's naked together in a bath at the end of the day. So. Yeah, well, that's a real, that's a real shock yeah. usually on this, because we found that, like, when yeah. I got to, got to Europe, I mean, man, New Zealand, like, it's like you hide your shame, you know, in there. I mean, except yeah. for maybe in the rugby rooms or whatever, but, like, um, I remember getting to Europe and just getting on the bus, and you just, it's just so confronted by just so many naked men. <laughs> and it's just such a confined area, you know. In we've got bus. especially. What do you mean in the bus? On team in bus. the showers. Oh, the showers. when you oh, not just a public bus. Oh no! I don't, well, <laughs> maybe down in Ibiza or something. There's a, a lot of the old the new the new bus line or whatever they call Reesby's or whatever that bus was called. Was it the Derude plane or something? The naked it's bus. Such, <laughs> it's so, it's such a shock for New Zealanders to go and be naked. Yeah. And I remember just being like. It took me quite a while to get into it. And now I didn't think about it. Now I just get in the bus after a stage and I'm just naked. Yeah. And everyone's naked and whatever. It's how, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a thing. I mean, yeah, every, every evening after, after racing, there'll be 125 dudes walking around for four days straight times 10. That's a lot of dicks. So it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> was it good? Was it great for the Mariah being, being a rhino in Japan? <laughs> how are you stacking up? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Because when I was 20, first went there, they every Japanese man, I assume, is virgin. A virgin when they're 20. Why are you assuming and, uh, every Japanese man? Is oh, what are, what are, I don't know. I'm getting there. The, they, they first question they asked me is was, that because you were? Is this uh, Are you married? And I was like, no. And then they were like, do you have a mistress? How many mistresses do you have? And I said, no. <laughs> and then I then they asked, do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, no. And then they asked me if I was a cherry boy. And then they didn't let me finish. And then from then on, I was just known as cherry boy in Japan. 
And I was, <laughs> Mr. I was Mr. Cherry Boy for five, you, years. for five yeah. years over there. I was Mr. Cherry Boy. So, did you get the bottom of what it means? No, they just thought I was a virgin because I didn't, I didn't have a wife or or a mistress. So, and they, they assumed um, you hadn't just been running the muck down in the yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> But you weren't you weren't always naked in the Karens. I see that you, you guys, yeah, it's quite an illustrious scene there. And and uh, I think I don't know if the cash is good as good in the in the international circuit as it is with the, like the specific Japanese Karen races. But you, I've always seen photos of you guys tripping around in these bullet trains and black tie suits. And there's a bit of a bit of a look to the to the whole Karen circuit, isn't there? <laughs> You're just referring to one photo that I sent you in 2010. It might have been from your, <laughs> might have been from your wedding. Maybe I got confused. <laughs> now, there's a, yeah, you have to travel to racing in suits, so you have to take a suit with you to to Japan, and and you have to arrive in a suit with a with a tie on. So wow, it's um, it, it's a bit, is it quite it's a bit money in general? Yeah, it, I mean, we unlike you guys, we get a contract, but there's no pay, so we all wow. can't go and um live large in europe knowing that the team's going to pay but we 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 pay we race for slips so you um you arrive you got no money and uh you buy a bike you buy a helmet you you pay for your train ticket and then you go to your first race and you your fingers crossed hope for the best that you break even and get to the next race so what pays when, what what do you have to get to get you know what what when you started getting into the money um, I mean, first place, yeah, first place over four days, you probably make 15k. So, you make a you make a million million yen in a four oh, yeah, day meet after tax, cash in hand in your back pocket, and they pay cash in a brown paper bag too. So, it's the real deal, it's quite cool <laughs> in that regard, yeah. You get cash in a brown paper bag wrapped in a, a special um, cash note. If you make more than a million yen, you get one of those special laps around your cash. So, wow! But um, but yeah, it's cool in that regard. You arrive with nothing. You race for slips, <coughs> and then uh, and you you earn, earn your way up the ladder. So, but we don't get to race for any of the big 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 uh, the big races where they can make a, a hundred well, million yen. I caught up with um Sam Webster uh, about a month ago, and he's obviously doing. This- you know, really recently done the same thing as, as what you were doing. But he was saying that the, the Japanese guys, they get big cash, you know, and that was sort of what some of the biggest stars of Japan in the sporting world of Japan over there. Yeah. Well, the, that's obviously one of the only betting sports you can bet on. So they're a, they're a massive minority. And, uh, yeah, the rock stars, they drive around their Maybachs and their SLR Mercedes and whatever else. They can they can, they can purchase heaps of cheese shocks, <laughs> heaps, heaps of cheese shocks, and the Oakleys Oakleys are down to here, you know, like it's just all this Oakleys. <laughs> they're just running the bot. They're running that G- Giro visor. You know? <laughs> oh, it's, but yeah, they they there's a the top nine guys, the top nine earners in Japan. For the whole year, so they celebrate the best earners or the best place getters, and they all race off for a million US or a hundred million yen. So it's um, it's pretty good for five hundred meters of effort. Man, we're in the wrong sport, mate. Yeah, what do you mean? You guys are pro tour guys. (laughs) What do you win for winning the Tour of California, George? Since we're speaking dollars, Uh, I got a Lexus, which I sold so I could (laughs) split it to my teammates. (laughs) <laughs> oh, far out! I feel sorry for you. What's a Lexus say? A good one? Uh, no, it was a good Lexus. It was about a hundred. It was eighty-five thousand US dollars. It's so American, eh? Win a Lexus. Win a Lexus, but then you have to sell it. <laughs> then, then they strong arm you into selling it for fifty grand that's, because you like want to share. Oh, does Lexus buy it back from you? Yeah, I, I think so. In the end, they said to me, "You can have the car, or you can have the car." And the car was like eighty-five thousand US, or I can have fifty grand prize money and because the boys have ridden me to me all week yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. i would have been screwed without them of course you're going to give them the the prize so i couldn't give them a tire and a steering wheel they used but to do the same they used to do the same thing at tour of poland you used to win a fiat i think if you won <laughs> if you won the overall and but i'm pretty sure no one ever took the car it was almost not an option it was like it's a bit of a okay, backhand gift yeah that way. yeah it's like a, it's a sponsor's promotion but what you about know? the mementos you need those mementos in your life what mementos do you have <laughs> 
Oh, well, when, when Peter Weening when Peter Weening won the Tour of Poland, he was like, "No, I'm taking the car." They're like, <laughs> no, 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 take the cash." And he's like, "No, I'm taking the car." And I'm pretty sure he took the Fiat back to Holland with him. And this is a great question, George. <laughs> um, when you I'm won the Olympic bronze in uh, in London, did you get the Oakley watch? Was Man, that, I, was, I think that was Sam. No, 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 this is me and George head to head against Sam. Did you oh. get the Oakley? Did you get the Oakley watch or? Yeah, mate. I got two Oakley watches, one from Beijing, one from London. Is that your, is that on the mantelpiece above all the G-Shocks or? I don't know where it is. I think it's actually in my drawer. <laughs> your Oakley watch, I got an Oakley watch somewhere along the lines and it looked like it had like an attack mode. Oh, this is good. I'm glad I can rip you. There's so much, massive iPhone, massive Oakleys, massive G-Shocks. I think the state of oh, that says a lot. I know. No, he's, he's, trying little, he's, he's trying to hide his little pinhead. He can't. He doesn't <laughs> want to take your take your head off, mate. <laughs> All right, well, I was, I was back on track. I need to get. We need to find. We need to find our group here. Get some questions on here. Let's talk about this party. Let's talk about this party. Yeah, so, let's talk about that, party. that. So when you won your you won your medal in in London, there, I think you sort of rolled off the tongue a little bit there on Channel One News live. That you're going to have a house party and everyone was welcome, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that gained a fair bit of traction. And at one point, it looked like there was going to be hundreds of thousand people at your at your parents' place for this party, and then you had to rain and rain the invites in a little bit. Yeah, well, back when Facebook was the real deal, um, yeah, I uh, said with mum and dad as well. They would came to London and, and hung out, and uh, we we're on the news, and, and yeah, we I just said I oh, would might as well pay back to the country and. Have a barbecue, you know. That's what people do when they uh, when they do something out of the ordinary. So, how steamed um, were you when you offered up your parents' house for a, <laughs> a party for the nation? Well, in the relatively speaking, it's middle of nowhere, so it was it was a safe bet that that most people um, that committed to coming wouldn't come, but the uh, the loyal ones came. But but yeah, mum and dad were keen as they were they were they were loving the idea, and and um, I mean, dad doubled it as his his work do. And it was also the family Christmas as well. And we've got a pretty big family, so they all turned up. And um, and yeah, you had a, I mean, you had it sponsored, didn't you? It wasn't Moa Bear, <laughs> like a sponsor of yeah. a party or something. I mean, it was a long time after the Olympics. It wasn't until Christmas uh, that year. So I think it was December the twenty third, or, or right before Christmas. And yeah, um, was, I'd, yeah. I'd arrived the day before from Japan. I'd been racing post post Olympics over there. And um, I remember arriving and going straight to New World and Fielding and buying like 400 um, like bread buns or something. Because uh, yeah. do that now, you get publicly <laughs> shamed for, for hoarding. <laughs> All these people had committed on Facebook to, to come into this barbecue. And, How um, many people were there? It must have been about 500 oh, people there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. It was a whole weekend. You make it a whole weekend. So it was easily 500 over the Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But yeah, on the, I mean, the whole, the whole weekend, I had some stats here. I mean, we finished a pallet of beer, which is. Which is around fifteen hundred bottles. So it was. Um, I mean, and everyone bought their own as well. And there was a heap of wine there. But yeah, I mean, there was a marquee and a, and a bit of a DJ and free. I heard that um, last the week's guest was was last week's guest Shane Archibald, the flying mullet, showed some some real commitment and rode his bike from Timaru. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he. I gave he gave himself three does, I think, and and uh, rode from Timaru to to Fielding. It was eight hundred k's, so it was pretty big effort. I mean, I every time he um does well in a big race, I'd say, well, thank God you rode from Timaru to Fielding because all those uh, miles are paying off at last. But um, there were people driving up from Invercargill and Christchurch and Wellington, and and they were seeing him on the road. They were videoing him and and sending it to me, saying we've seen Nobby riding riding on State Highway One to Fielding. <laughs> Well, bottles of red wine in yeah. yeah, yeah, this massive, uh, massive jerry on the back, whatever you call it, those uh, things that you put over the back wheel and had all his clothes and oh, mullet flying. Yeah, he was just uh, one of those, one of those uh, tourists that ride around New Zealand, but he was doing it fast. Jeez. All right, <laughs> hey, we probably need to get keep moving on a little bit because there's a lot to cover. Um, I want to hear a bit about. Um, the America's Cup because I know nothing about this, and I was gonna—I was actually gonna do some 
some research, research into it before I we got you on, but I actually decided it would be better if I just go in fully uneducated so I can just ask you all the questions that we don't, that a lot of people won't know. Um, firstly, um, how the hell did you end up in the America's Cup? Um, <clears throat> uh, well, like Sam said, my pinnacle in track cycling was 2012, so I was going shit from there on. And um, <laughs> didn't make the world champs in 2016. And um, Team New Zealand were looking for a washed-up cyclist, so they um, contacted someone within Cycling New Zealand, and uh, yeah, they recommended me, of all people, and um, I went and did some testing with them, and um, just to, they weren't, they didn't need me or want me or, or need anyone, they just wanted to know that cycling was better than arm grinding, so... Just so what was it more than like a one minute, one minute effort or like 30 seconds or what are you doing? Um, I think it was like 30 minutes of 10 seconds on, five seconds off or 10 seconds on, oh. 10 seconds off. Because back then it was the, you guys, it wasn't traditional grinders though. You guys were the cyclers back then. So you, you were peddling yeah. the first guys. So, yeah, I mean, they were, going from, they were going from arm grinding to, to uh, cycling because <laughs> leg muscles are stronger and last longer, I suppose, compared to arms for a, on a hydraulic pump, but hydraulic pumps suck to, to pedal. You can't pedal them because there's a massive dead spot at your top dead center with your uh, with your legs. So they um, were looking for a way to power it with your legs, and they just uh, two's always better than one. And um, they linked two guys together and and offset. Oh, I thought team. you meant two legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, two guys are better than one with the legs and a on a yacht and. Um, they offset our cranks 45 degrees and, and oh, you put like uh, an oval chain ring on basically it yeah we tried that there. we tried that but that sucked but we oh. tried well, wouldn't oh, they get rid of the dead spot wouldn't they? i mean if there's yeah, a big massive dead spot at uh, dead spots at 6 and 12. we um put cranks so someone's at the back person's here and the front person we can't so say here and there because a lot of people listen on spotify this so. uh so someone's at 45 degrees and someone's at top dead center yeah and uh, so someone's always putting out full power. So the person's oh, putting I see out what you full mean. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next the dead putting spot. out full power. So uh, we eliminated the dead spot doing it in twos. I mean, you could power the boat for 15 seconds by yourself, and uh, you could easily power it for for an hour or so with uh, with two people. So it was a massive uh, gain just doing that simple that simple thing. So for, for obviously it's a real basic question for some people that don't know, why do you need hydraulics pumps on a boat? Because <laughs> ropes suck pretty yeah. much. So <laughs> just break move, your loop. Um, move, you can do micro adjustments and uh, all the rams can be uh, remotely controlled by, by someone sitting down with a uh, Xbox controller pretty much. So um, nice. Ropes are heavy. I mean, hydraulics are heavy as well, but they, uh, the advantages of uh, micro movements and large movements as well, and um, and a reliable. The bloke system. with the Xbox controller getting paid more than the poor bastards pumping the pumping thing up. It's a question I never asked, and I probably never will. So, uh, so why are they why are they going back to traditional grinders now? Then, and was it was it hard um, for you to make the switch to? Because obviously you're on the boat for the next year's America's Cup. You you made the selection again. Yeah. Was it hard to go from using your legs to using your arms? Yeah, I mean it was a massive high in Bermuda, winning there, and and uh, I mean I was never in the team um, officially. It was always the the team was was running on a on a oily rag anyway. I mean it had folded nine months before I even started. So oily rag um, like twenty five mil from the New Zealand government. Or? <laughs> I don't know what they. I think they had five mil <laughs> that, that campaign. I had five more to stay afloat that campaign, so that that, that paid the rent at uh, at Halsey Wharf. But they um they yeah they they had nothing really, and and I I turned up and just hung around for a for a few months, and and then the cycling was signed off. The cycling itself was proven on the race yacht in February, and the the boat was sent to Bermuda in April, and then we we obviously raced in June. So um I didn't really get the get the sign off until April to actually go to Bermuda. So it was pretty cool. It was very, very quick fire and uh, it was all happening within a, within a few months. But yeah, we won in Bermuda and then uh, obviously we won and we get to write the rules for the next race and 
and yeah, they went back to arm grinding. So why did they go back to arm grinding though? If cycling is um, so much, so much more efficient. Yeah, I mean, you can't. They wanted to bring the 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 class of sailing back, which is um, uh, rope dominant uh, winches and ropes and and all that, where the the average joker that goes out sailing actually uses ropes and winches. So. You can't really power a, a winch with a, a cycling system because it's it's too hard. It's just it's impossible. So, so the current uh, the current holder of the of the Americans <laughs> Cup they can they can basically write the rules like you say for the yeah. for the following one. So you could do like the Oracle or whoever it was changed to these catamarans and all yep. this sort of stuff. So essentially, what you're saying is that New Zealand's decided we want to go back to a bit more traditional sailing. Yeah, we're still we're obviously still foiling and all that stuff, but you're gonna yeah. you're going back to the to the sort of the nuts and bolts of, of what sailing's yeah. about. Yeah, the the boat's a lot more uh, advanced, but it's it's very uh, it's still got some very basic components with uh, winches and ropes and and all that, and obviously arm grinding pedestals. So um, yeah, they just gave me a Les Mills membership and told me to get to work. So I had two years. Two years to prove, to prove myself, and there was a big trial. We trolled against lots of uh, other people and other uh, sports, and yeah, managed to beat a few of them. And yeah, they they signed me back up again, so it was it was quite nice to achieve that. You're trying to go fast, so it's like say like uh, Berlin and those guys who aren't having to do like the <coughs> physical stuff; they're just calling the shots. Is it is it important for them to try to be a little bit lighter? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, they we're at the front of the boat. And you want as much weight as you can forward, and and uh, we're all hundred odd kgs, and um, those jokers at the back of the boat are eighty odd. Glenn Ashby's about seventy odd, so they um they're skin and bone, much like George, and they don't eat anything, and uh and yeah, we we tuck into ten eggs a day or whatever just to just to hold weight. So it's um it's a bit different to I suppose what you guys have, and the fact we work all day. Doing uh doing jobs around the yard, so it's um it's yeah pretty important to to I don't know hold weight because the the writing moment on the boat's so important. And so now, like obviously the preparations, well, it hasn't really stalled, but you're not you're not on the boat at the moment with the with the lockdown and stuff. But you're we're more or less like one year out now, aren't we? So what what sort of goes into the preparation now? Are you guys trying different combinations of grinders and different people on the boat and seeing what combinations work better or is that stuff all pretty simple? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got a 120 odd employees in, in Team New Zealand and, and uh, ultimately the designers are the most important and, um, and then the, the boat builders are as important because I've got to actually make the boat that, that we sail and, uh, and then you've got the yachting team which is about 15 guys out of the 125 so it's a m very small minority but yeah, I mean, we've got two, there's two spears um, that we have that we rotate through and it's just two spear grinders. There's no one else spear on the on the afterguard or, or yachting side. So um, it's pretty uh, pretty tiresome when you do 10-hour days and you've only got two guys to swap out with. So it's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun out there, obviously sailing, but very taxing at the same time. But yeah, you're just doing it for the common goal. Because I guess once you get to the once you get to the cup and you're in you're in the the final there it's seven first to seven isn't it or something yeah like that. so you need you need you need guys lapping off pretty much yeah because you can't you can't do every race you just blow out yeah or oh, it's it's meant to be an hour forty minutes thirty minutes of racing and a bit of pre start and a, and a bit of entry so yeah you'll be pretty uh, it's just like doing a forty k time trial um, um, we, we we reached out to the fans to. To fire some questions at us. I saw Matt Archibald commented on the Facebook page saying, "Oh, let's get some questions to to the Rhino." So I thought oh, that's a good idea. So I reached out on the on our social media platforms that have hundreds of thousands of followers, and um, we got a bit of we got a bit of an outpouring from the fans. So we've got one question to ask you from the fans. <laughs> Is this why you were raising me up and not retweeting it? <laughs> so wow. this question comes from I can't remember who sent it in actually. Did Matt um, not even asked. No, he just asked from at George Bennett on Twitter. <laughs> Matt, Matt's, Matt's question was, "How do we ask a question?" And he didn't even ask any. <laughs> so we've only got one question. What the question is: Is cycling or sailing harder in terms of training required to achieve results? 
So Judas asked this question yourself because no one asked an actual question. No, no, this is legit. I'll try. <laughs> I can't remember who asked it. <laughs> Someone did though. Oh, I don't know. Cycling, you can go harder because it's a larger muscle group, and you can definitely get to your to your higher heart rate zone way quicker. But I mean, no matter what, you can push yourself. No matter what body part it is, so it's um it's hard to say really. Cycling what do you was. Feel more? Do you feel more of a cyclist or do you feel more of a sailor? Like if you said to someone, actually, this is a, a, a common thing. Say, like if you were in New Zealand, like you are in New Zealand, obviously. But if I was in New Zealand and someone said, "What do you do?" I'd be quite reluctant to say I'm a cyclist. So, so do you go in, in 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 you know two years or five years or whatever when you shut it down in the boat? Will you call yourself a sailor or a cyclist? I'll probably say pig hunter or something cool. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's important, you know. Oh, yeah. Sailing and cycling aren't important. They're killing pigs, yeah, that's quite good. That's the Lord's work, I think, isn't it? Yeah, or feeding the family, you know, getting rid of a pest. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it depends how long this uh, this side of the this this side of the career takes me. I suppose. I mean, Robert Dow was a, a rower for however long, and then he was a he was a yachty for twelve years. So mm. it was. Um, I think he was a yachty longer than he was a rower professionally but yeah well, a, lot, I don't know. A, lot of, a lot of you guys on that boat have come crossover from other sports though especially you grinders yeah we got uh one guy from the SAS, one guy from rowing one guy from 49 sailing uh two other guys from fin sailing uh yeah there's a there's a lot of different sports and they all just pick because they know how to fall on the sword so Mm. It was, um, that's pretty much the prerequisite where you're from nationally and uh, if you can fall on the sword or not. So you don't have to be, um, yeah, you don't have to be a superhuman. It's going to be beaten, beaten into you anyway. But yeah, you just got to be uh, an, an experienced hard trainer like mm. you, Sam. <laughs> exactly. Let's not, let's not go into <laughs> Sam's experienced hard training over the last four weeks. Oh, I've done plenty. <laughs> Have you um? So you, what, you got to, I want to see. I see all these pro pro tour guys with their swift setups. What's your swift setup like, Sam? It's it, so it's it's swift with a. Z. Is it is it an yeah. old cat eye or something? Yeah, you, put the, you put the you put the cat eye C fifty, and you just lift the back wheel up and spin it. I just I got a good story. Do you know Cam Kowalski? Yeah. So I heard a great story that he had a, when uh, we were young. He had the cat eye, and he, his coach told me to do a 100k ride. And he told me what he did is he, he picked his cat eye C50 up and attached it to the back wheel and just sat in front of the TV and spun it for 100k. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I've been, doing, I've been basically operating along those lines. I just, nice. all you can do is great, you just lie about your weight, and then you, you can pedal around at about 80k an hour. With you should get watts. on there, Rhino. Jump on You'd be dangerous. You would be dangerous, mate. We modified a um, watt bike, a few watt bikes to to work for arm grinding, so we can arm grind with them. But they've gone elsewhere in New Zealand during this lockdown. And we've got only a techno gym one here, but yeah, you we have we a can. Bike in the shed, though, wouldn't you? Or no, no, but we we connect these watt bikes to Zwift anyway, and we we race around. So, oh, but if you still have a bike, you still ride it all or not? Oh, I ride to work on an e-bike. That's about it. I'm a real too, Aucklander, mate. Real it's too hilly. Auckland's too hilly, eh? Well, you can't use those lime scooters anymore. Uh, mate, really? yeah. If you don't have an electric motor, you're nothing in Auckland. You've got to have well, an electric motor. Well, jeans are just too skinny for him to turn the pedals properly. Yeah. So you have, to have an e-bike. Oh, the Oakleys uh, are too heavy, mate. These big Oakleys are too heavy. It's a, it's a tough ride back from the viaduct to the top of Rimuera there, isn't it? Uh, it is. It the is. Ivory, up there to your ivory tower. Bloody hilly, man. I can't do with Mike Hoskin and the boys. And my white jeans and everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I had a, one, one last question for you, which is actually could be quite hard to answer. What what was the most special moment for you out of winning the bronze or winning the America's Cup? Obviously, both pretty huge achievements. What meant the most to you? Um, I don't know, really. You put me on the spot there, I suppose. The biggest. Oh, I seen this. I seen these questions two days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't read. You might have been a week ago, actually. You had yeah, no, asked already two days ago, but you, you sent them to me. But I was like, that's 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 too hard because 
Yeah, yeah it's um, a tough one. Yeah, yeah real Daryl Tuffy. Well, it's yeah, it's like you. I don't know you choosing between. I don't know what you've done in your life. <laughs> Not much, <laughs> mate. Well, you're all right. All right. Well, we'll skip that question and just tell us. I know no. how you celebrated. I know how you celebrated winning your bronze because I was with you for most of those days. But what do you guys do to celebrate winning the America's Cup? Obviously, there's the traditional scale the champagne out of the out of the old. Yeah. What else? What else do you guys do? Oh, we did a nation booze up. Oh, she's got my pitters out. We got a nation booze up, and uh, we're obviously sponsored by Steinlager, so we had a good booze up in, in Bermuda. But yeah, we're all just too tired to do anything really over there. It was um, it was pretty. Uh, I mean, everyone was there, and it was a great time and all that. But it was pretty short. But well, you'll probably want to get home as well. Are eh? you been over there for a long time? Just uh, just tired from racing. It was like doing a grand tour. It was like 30, 30 odd races we did. So, what was, happened? Um, did someone sailed the boat home. Obviously, <laughs> no, they put on a plane. yeah. We put it on a put on a plane, mate, in the container <laughs> and sent it home. But yeah, yeah we we did a national tour and, and took it around all the we took the cut around all the centres of New Zealand and and uh, it was it was pretty pretty um, awesome to take it down to all those guys around around New Zealand because it's the oldest trophy in sport. Like it's mm. older than the Treaty of Waitangi. It's it's older than New Zealand. It's wow. um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you when you look at the actual trophy and you see the dates and you think back, like this is Peaky Blinders time to put Who it in. The there was that, do, do you know the first? There was that guy. There's some yank, wasn't it? Stars and stripes. No, 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 no. It was it was first called the Hundred Guineas Cup and it was raced in the UK. It's an originally in a, in a in a UK trophy and then the Americas class. Bet the 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 UK class or well, the Hundred Guineas Cup, and then uh, historically the winner of the cup could could do whatever they want. So the America's Cup class yacht changed it to the America's Cup. So um, it became the America's Cup, and then they won it, and they just kept winning it and winning it, and winning it for for years and years and years, or however long they won it, fifty years or so, and then just became the America's Cup. So it's not the Americans' Cup; it's the America's class yacht. Cup, which was originally the 100, 100 Guineas Cup in the UK. But um, yeah, going back to the uh, America's Cup versus Olympics, you, you go on and on about your biggest moment, but I think my biggest moment was beating Novi in uh, under 17 road nets in Hokitika. I got second, he got third. I'm sure of it. I'm sure Wesley Who got won? one. I'm sure Wesley got one. Oh, in Hokitika? Yeah. I remember and, that. Uh, yeah, Wesley I got second and Novi got third. I'm sure of it. I don't know if it was the other way around or not, but I remember looking across and seeing Novi there with his big ass melon. And, um, <laughs> and where's the situation? Yeah. It was yeah, it was close. But um, I was trying to look for the um, podium to see to see who was what. But I'm sure about, I got second. What about when you won the national scratch race title? Did you win that or? No, I got second a few times. Yeah, I, I think I remember racing you and trying to you were trying to wind me out the back. Yeah, you I, was were about you. I was worried <laughs> about you for the sprint. No. no, you were blowing up and you didn't want me to beat you. You were just trying to pump me out of the back. So I wouldn't have done so it. That sounds like a bit of Sam Buell. <laughs> I, I, beat, I beat you in the killer that year, though. Yeah, I think we you? all did. Yeah, I think all the nah, enjoyed. No, no, no. No. I um, possibly, I don't know. But yeah, yeah and there was Sam, Sam Buell. If he can't win, he will reverse attack. And his reverse attacks are just a backpedal when he's on the back. So everyone else has to ride around him to catch back up. <laughs> <laughs> craft, yeah. That's race craft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're still doing Grand Tours, mate. You're bloody... Can't oh, finish we're not at the moment, mate. We're not at the reverse, moment, yeah. You're reverse attacking guys off the back, so... Um, Unfortunately, Jules is one of those guys that gets dangerously good towards the end of a, of a Grand Tour. It just cracks me. I'm swinging on the back up the mountains, yeah. and he's just fucking oh, Scooby Doo coming up the front beside me. He just talked for 200 k's. No, he's on the front most of the time. He's yeah, not to talk to him. He just rides. Those big calves, eh? They're paying off at last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's we it. need to let people go. Hey, mate, it's been bloody good having you on. We always think you're going to provide some gold. That is this that, been live for 54 minutes. Yeah, well, I yeah. think five or six of them won't count, but well, five. The first five of them was you trying to work out how to turn your lights on. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah or... fifty minutes went pretty quick. Listening to you. Yeah. 
Oh, shit. Oh, what are you guys going to do the rest of your COVID lockdown? Are you going to actually train or nah? Yeah, get on the bike a bit indoors. Not much, mate. There's not a lot we can do, really. We're pretty locked down here. Go to sleep in a couple of days. Out, though. But they're starting to make noises about letting out for a ride. It's a bit different to MZ, though. You guys can go for a walk and stuff. Me and Bill's can't even. It's just cops rolling around. Um, right. Anyone's stepping outside the house. Yeah, I took the Beamer out for a drive, and the you know, cops doing U-turns yeah. on me side. So, um, mate, it's 84. Oh, so okay. um, they're doing U-turns behind me side to dive into a uh, side road and turn the lights off, you know? Fucking <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Can't even be Kiwi anymore. <laughs> Driving around your 84 Beamer, Remuera, or the Kiwis do. <laughs> the worst mate, thing about... I when I was in fielding. Yeah, um, I know. Not even in Remuera, you you know it. I'm got... more worried about the social justice warriors in New Zealand than the police. I'd be what? more worried that someone's going to dob you on their Instagram. Yeah. So. I know. I got yeah. dobbed in for, for bloody painting a fence, you know. The neighbour came and told me I was too close. To what? To Gestapo. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I don't know. Did you, what did you say to him? I don't know. I mumbled something, but <laughs> yeah, it's just make people go mad. Oh, it must be, yeah, it's from your for you, I guess. Yeah. All right, Rhino. Thanks, mate. Look, bloody enjoyed that chat. You're an intelligent man, handsome. <coughs> bloody, bloody good of you to come on here. Yeah, well, you're a good yeah. looking Mexican too, Sam. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Rhino. Um, all Take good. it easy. When I'm looking at you. All the see, best for the, uh, the cup next you, year. I'll see you back in New Zealand. Are you yeah, going to be hopefully. here in March? You might as well hang around and watch the cup in March. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, I'm sure Mate. the whole country behind you, they always are. Pretty big old there, so. I thought you were behind me, and then you're like, yeah, 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 I'll come to your wedding, come to your wedding, and then nah. Can't, I can't. had to go race. I had to oh, race. Yeah, what race is it? What's more important, mate? Mr. Cadell fucking Evans Road Race, or. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have been there, Rhino. Cadell oh. Evans Road Race is a shocker for weddings, eh? Everyone I know gets married, really? like, annually there's a wedding on that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Middle of and summer, he, I suppose. And he chose his team over there. All right. On that right. note, see you later. <laughs> see you later, mate. <laughs> he literally oh. left the stream. <laughs> literally, <laughs> mic dropped you. Oh. That's the first time in episode two, someone's <laughs> mic dropped you.